I usually do like 20, but I'm like, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I tend to just do like $5 or like, oh, no, I mean, here's the thing. I, 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 I tended to do like two or three dollars for a while but then I'm like but like, uh, that can't be right that can't be right to so do five dollars but even the but if like if i go to the the, the the fancy place i guess um the haircut's like 35 dollars. so five dollars isn't even 20 percent but five dollars seems reasonable well it just seems like it's just, 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 just like a round amount and really i do want to like <laughs> tip them appropriately but i don't know what's appropriate and i've tried to google it i'm like what's a good tip for a hairdresser but the, the only thing i ever find pops up are for like women who have getting their hair done for like three hours well i mean that happens to me sometimes yeah but or massage like when i get massages i like get massages from massage therapists and my benefits cover it well my, my thing also with some of that is with the hairdressers i normally i my thought process would also be I don't really I like like my, my my natural inclination is you don't tip hairdressers, but it does seem very expected from hairdressers. Well, so the reason that you tip hairdressers mm-hmm. is because most hairdressers have to pay okay. to have the chair in their uh, salon. Okay, so that yes, I mean, I mean, I, obviously, yeah. I do tip them because um, I, fe- but... I felt like the thing. My natural inclination was not to because. But if you go to thing? someone's house, yeah. you don't tip them because they get all the money. Yeah, because that's the thing. And, and if you go to the salon owner, you don't tip them. But wouldn't with like a masseuse be the same thing or are you... Okay, so I'm not sure about the massage therapists because um, it is at a spa. Like I don't go to a physiotherapist for my massages. I do yeah. go to a spa. Like and they're they're they're, they're like he I I know I sort of believe that like tipping is always great but it's also part of the part of the culture but also like they should just be making enough from yeah but and like if I was getting a uh, I don't know if I I don't know if I had when I go to my physiotherapist I don't tip her yeah but the massage therapist situation. Is different, I mean, also, but they are doing medical treatment. I mean, also, I don't tip my doctor. Yeah. And, like, if I was going and, I don't know, like, getting warts burnt off my feet. Yeah. I wouldn't tip them. And I don't want to not tip. Like, I understand. We live in a tipping society, and me not tipping is not going to do anything. Yeah. The, the, but I just don't know what's appropriate. My thing always comes down to the fact that, uh, uh, I because I don't like the, t- I don't like tipping culture. I don't think it's very healthy for workers because it allows businesses to focus too much on it rather than actually supporting the workers um but that's but i'm not the kind of person who also is like i don't agree with tipping so i don't tip i don't agree with tipping but i tip every time and over tip because i'm like i because i know that this is what you're going through and i'm not going to be that person so you've delivered food yeah i've been and i was paid mostly on tips um so when you're getting like skip the dishes yeah it gives you like a range of like tips and skip the dishes, and yeah. I always pick the middle one. <laughs> yeah, um, when when I do uh, do delivery, I expect ten to fifteen um, percent. Okay. Yeah, I I I do tend to tip higher if I, if I see that they're going further away. Though once again, I don't have a whole lot of money, so sometimes I'm also just like, 
I gotta do the ten percent one, man, because I just can't. Like, like I, I, I skip the dishes. Said this. Yeah. I'm using my gift certificate. You want? Know and also sometimes it's like, like I need food because this is the way that I'm gonna get food today, and I'm super hungry. I do this, but I also need to save money, so I'm guessing I'm gonna save those three bucks. Um, I usually expect about ten to fifteen percent. Okay. So if I pick the middle one, like it was, which is fifteen percent. Okay. Yeah. The the reason why is because I understand that that's. It's it's sort of the thing where I am not checking on you for the entire meal like a um, like a server at a restaurant would. However, I am driving to your house, your own car to my house. <laughs> yeah, like I, <laughs> you are doing me a service. Yes, I like like uh, it, yeah. That's why I say uh, ten fifteen is what I ex- what I would expect. Okay. Um, I always feel weird about skip the dishes too because. You pay, like, on your phone. Yeah. So then the guy just comes to the door, and you're like, okay, thank you. And yeah, you just, like, take your food. And Yeah. Well, you don't really have a – there's there's no reason for the person there to, to actually give any sort of service. You're literally just tipping for the fact that you are asking another human being – To drive to, their car. To take their car to a restaurant and bring you food to your house. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate that service. Yeah, like that's it's a very good service. Like, like that's the thing. That is a service that that is that is built upon people just bringing you food to your house. You so tip think, them well. You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to get a roll of like loonies or toonies. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, and keep them like by my door. So when the skip the dishes guy comes, I can just like give him an extra loony or so, toonie. So so if so yeah. So it's the idea of being like ah, you you also were very cordial on this. Here. Here's an here's an extra tip. On, I have also done um, the extra tip in person thing. Yeah. Because um, I know that they get 100% of the tip, but also sometimes if – I feel like there has been like a particular hassle or if I – Like, if I like look, it's snowy and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, or if I order outside – like if I order then I look outside, I'm like, oh, it's storming. Here's some extra money because I didn't realize how much the weather was bad. I would have gone and gotten my own food had I realized. Yeah. Welcome to Mystery House Sires and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama tip cast. And we talked about a whole stuff before this, so let's get to the episode. Kevin, I have some more news. <laughs> oh, okay. We literally had a full conversation, but sure. I have new headphones. The reason I have new headphones is because I dropped my work headphones into my coffee on Friday. Oh, jeez. So I had to replace those headphones with my purse ones. Okay. But now these new ones I got are much better than my original. Headphone- There's like a thing where I can like turn up the volume. Yeah, headphone technology keeps evolving. They're like ergonomic to my ears. Yeah, ergonomic. Ergonomic. <laughs> Ergonomic. Erangonomic. Ooh. There's a lot of puns there. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the OC now. I said to tell you about my headphones. All right, cool. Literally dropped them right into a cup of coffee. Well, Still maybe... drank the coffee, but... <laughs> well, maybe that'll be your, uh, <laughs> your, uh, your good moment for this last week. <laughs> but if not, then let's head into the OC, because this is Season 3, Episode 13, The Pot Stirrer. The Pot Stirrer. So we're going to right off the bat, and Sandy needs his lucky tie. Because Sandy's having a big week. He's going to build a hospital. Yeah. Hopefully. He doesn't have the contract yet. Yep, he's pitching against another team from La Brea. Yep. Yeah. You know, like the tar sands. Known for the pits. Tar pits. Tar pits. <laughs> we have tar sands. They have tar pits. They have woolly mammoth bones. Yes. But uh, they also, will find out, are real good at whining and dining. Apparently. Apparently, often they, they just they just brought him to the tar pit. We'll talk about that later. And I guess Caleb actually started this deal, and Sandy's just seen it through. 
Yeah. Sandy seems to feel like this is like the one good thing Caleb has ever done. <laughs> I'm sure Caleb had some weird scam part of it. But I feel like building a hospital will bring a lot of like much needed revenue. Yeah. To the uh, Newport group. So good for you, Sandy. And, and hey, maybe they need a hospital. People to do keep getting punched in the face. And sometimes hit by cars. Well, uh, he's he's not the only one who's, who's I guess, nervous uh, for things coming up. Because Seth uh, has gotten an interview from Brown. Ooh, and Ooh. he's excited. But he's also so nervous that he's pouring coffee on cornflakes. He's got cold feet and hot coffee cereal. But don't worry. His second dad, Ryan, will help him prep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't know yet if Summer uh, has it. I'm going to spoil it right now. She does as well. Uh, of course she does. Of course she does. Uh, this entire season feels like one really big extended goodbye, which I can't imagine actually watching this on TV and be like, why does every episode sound like the show is saying goodbye to me? Is the show ending? Is the show ending? Are they not getting another season? And you'd be frantically asking Jeeves, Jeeves. <laughs> is, really, is the OC ending? Is the OC canceled? And Jeeves like, what is the OC? <laughs> Look, man, it's way too early for this. <laughs> All right, well, Summer did get an interview, and she's very excited, because they only do this if they're very serious about you. And Seth's like, but Summer, aren't you anxious? And Summer's like, no, I have a really good boot camp instructor. <laughs> yeah, apparently she has a boot camp instructor. I think she means, okay, so at first I thought she meant fitness boot camp, but yeah. now I think she means boot camp boot camp. Well, I mean, remember when she was part of that cult? Oh, so maybe true. maybe she was part of the cult, now she joined the army. Well, the army is uh, just real good motivational speakers. Yeah, just sh- just shout at her that, you know, if you're scared of something, you gotta do it anyways. Which she then shouts at Seth and then shows her boot camp face, <laughs> which is adorable. Uh, so Sandy's going off giving his pitch on the hospital, and Matt is there. And Matt's doing a good job this time. Yeah. Uh, they-, they give this pitch, and it seems fine, but, like, they notice this one guy who's, like, not, who's, like, really crunching into that bagel and not enjoying it. And this one guy who loves, well, hates that bagel, makes a couple of references to Caleb. Yeah. How Caleb would be so proud of Sandy and other Caleb things. Yep, and that is Bill. We will be seeing Bill a few times. Bill has appeared in other series. Bill is one of those guys. Yeah, he he is just an actor that you've seen appear in a lot of things. He does tend to play some sort of, like... Man in suit? Man in suit or smart guy. I feel, I feel like I remember him mm-hmm. being like... An analyst. An in analyst like the CIA. of some sort. Uh, but if you had seen... If you see him, you know that he is one of those guys. Uh, but he but he may not be super into this plan because Matt says that he knows about the other group. Matt's in a bunch of investigation and he says that their presentation is fine. But what's the most important is they've been doing some whining and dining. Yeah, the from Matt's perspective, the, the pitches seem about the same. But, I mean, they, they've been taking Bill. <laughs> just out that for one all guy, those Bill. meals. But, of course, Sandy was hopes that, like, you know, Bill will just enjoy that they're treating him with respect instead of just giving him a whole lot of money. For a man who's been a lawyer for so long, Sandy is strikingly naive. He's been a public defender, though. Like, he, he hasn't had to wine and dine. Any like, clients like, ever. Like, you, I can believe that, essentially, Sandy has just thrived through this on, on his principles because... A lot of the clients he's getting are based on principles. Are Ryan, and all he has to do is buy him some french fries, and then he has a son. Yeah, pretty much. All right, well, let's head over to see what the girls are up to. Well, <clears throat> K- 
Caitlin. Yeah, you were I saying was, that. No, I was going to say Caleb. No, Caitlin. Caitlin is turning 15, and Marissa's planning a party. She talks all about how their parents used to go super overboard, and Caitlin's parties were crazy. Of course they were. They have pictures of her horrifying horse. Her, her chihuahua horse. Which we don't get to see. It's better that we don't see it. It's like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Marissa really wants to plan this party, but she doesn't quite know what to do. Because her sister is a different person than she, she was when she was young. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> the difference between being 12 and 15 is different. Ah, oh, who knows? Uh, Ryan, who is the greatest, like, even, even-headed even person in this entire episode, is just like, well, maybe you should talk to your sister, dude. Marissa's like, mm, maybe. And Ryan's like, I wish I could talk to my brother, but uh, he did a terrible thing to you, and then you almost killed him, so. So talk to your sister, is what I'm saying here. Marissa, you have a chance. You have an opportunity. Ryan Gordon, what? out. <laughs> one shot, one opportunity. Uh, while this is going on, and I will say I was glad to find out later that Caitlin is going to school. Yeah, no, they they say it right now that, like, you got to get her before she goes back to school. So I guess she's still going to that private school. So, uh, Caitlin is busy hanging out with her new BBF, Johnny. Johnny. And they've been, they've, they've been hanging out, if you will. No, I think they're actually just hanging out. No, no, that's what, the, yeah, so it's the... Oh, yes. Yes, but it, it's to the point that at least Johnny is also, like... Hey, have you told your sister that we're... That we spend every... Hanging out. Caitlin, we spend every day together, and you just tell me about your old birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, this has clearly been some time, because we learned later that Julie's been postponing a dinner for mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, but they do mention that she went. She essentially ran into the ocean, and Johnny stood on the beach holding a towel in his hand, and I guess just staring at her. <laughs> Caitlin, I was once a surfer. <laughs> The ocean. She's a torrid mistress. She's so cold. (laughs) Caitlin, you don't know the call of the sea. Beware of the sirens in the deep. Dangerous things happen by the ocean, Caitlin. I can never surf again. Sorry, what what are you saying, Johnny? I'm saying there's monsters in the ocean, Caitlin. Wait, are you a pirate king now? I have given up on my dreams of being a surfer, and now I am Captain Johnny. Pirate of the surfing seas. Which, to be fair, for the amount of fuss they make about her being 15 and him being 17, he might as well be a pirate king. <laughs> yeah, they, they're... Man, there's some talks that are gonna happen. But hey, while they're going off on their pier, the camera swings up and pulls back. To a kitschy pirate restaurant. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, a, a, a nautical-themed restaurant on the pier, which just is just over overdone. Which we've never seen before and we'll never see again. It's Yeah, because it's not the seafood place that Ryan worked at in the first season. No, and it's not the diner, and it's not the arches, so what is it? But hey, it's another restaurant, and Neil goes to meet Julie, but unfortunately he's late because the surgery went late. And Julie has to leave in a few minutes so- to pick Marissa <laughs> up. Which which means I don't know, what, what Caitlin and Johnny skipping school? That doesn't seem right, does it? Well, they go to different schools. I know, but then, so what's what's Marissa doing? She's Planning a party? At, staying late at school? Maybe Marissa's back on the social committee. I mean... Maybe. I don't know. It's so weird to be like, here's their one daughter, and here's the other one being like, I gotta pick up my daughter from school. Also, what happened? So they finally sold Marissa's car. They had to have. 
good. That yeah. was a good choice. They had to have. If it, if it reappears again, they will know how contrived this moment is. I would hope they sold Marissa's car to pay for Caitlin's school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caitlin could go to public school, though. Caitlin could go to school with Johnny. Yeah. She would love it. Uh, but anyway. Julie has been postponing this meal twice, at least. Because she's so nervous. Yeah. But now but now they seem like they're, in, they're into it. They're both into each other. It's very cute. And they're like, hey, maybe we try again on Sunday. For some terrible burgers. I do like the trend that they just keep going to terrible food places. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're not going to the Arches, the restaurant we know of. They're just going, to like, why don't we just do terrible food? You know what? Julie loves terrible things. Like, she's a poor lady at heart. Yeah, it's great. All right, well, uh, Seth is scared by, I guess, just real life. Yeah, and he and Sandy talk about it for a bit, but unfortunately, Sandy gets interrupted by a phone call about the hospital. Yeah. So Seth goes for a walk. As many people will do this episode, there's many people going for walks in this episode. Which is how I deal with things, though, but though the they... OC has never done that before. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm mostly putting up the fact that this town is super small because everybody walks to everywhere in this town. There's no more driving in this series. Remember all those cars they had? Gone. Uh, so yeah, uh, Sandy gets a call, but we don't hear about that quite yet. No, first we have to have a lot of teenage emotions filling <laughs> up a very small trailer. Yeah, because Marissa arrives home with some food and she finds The Sound of Music, the movie that they always watch. On Caitlin's on birthday. Caitlin's birthday. And they always sing I Am 16 Going On 17, but they change it to Caitlin's age. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's great. <laughs> anyway, they're going to have some Thai food. They're having dinner a la the Coen's. And um, Julie points out, oh, I got a takeout menu for a new Armenian place. You guys can have it on Sunday because I have to work. Yeah, she she says that her dinner, which is a dinner with Neil, is a business dinner. I mean, it is the business. The business of getting down. Okay. Or sure. she set herself up. With, I mean, technically, Neil is a client. I don't think he's part of the matchmaking service anymore. I have to believe he stopped it. Anyway... She cannot go on Sunday. But unfortunately, uh, as we all know, and Julie has once again proven how terrible she is at her daughter's lives, has forgotten that Sunday is Caitlin's birthday. And Caitlin is utterly destroyed the, by this. I mean, now here's the thing. That's fair, considering the past two years Caitlin has had. And considering Caitlin's 15. And also, so... I think they mentioned that they had not celebrated her birthday in those Since years. she was 12. Yeah, so she just stayed at that school, and I guess they sent her an email. Now, for others, I mean, I know when our parents' birthdays are. Yeah. But sometimes I forget that certain days of the week will correspond with those dates. Yeah. Like, I know your birthday is November 11th. Yeah. But if someone was like, hey, let's go out on Tuesday. Yeah, but you just hear, like, a Tuesday. I might not remember that Tuesday is November 11th. Yep. But because we have, like, a reasonable relationship where we see each other every week and, like, show our affection for each other in normal sibling-like ways. Well, I mean, also, one one of us hasn't been shunted off to a private school not to be talked about for two years. Like, there's this great thing in this series where it almost feels like the series is holding itself up to the treatment of Caitlyn in those first couple of seasons. They realize what they have done and they're like, <laughs> oh no, we must atone. So, so they, yeah, so they, they shunted her off for two seasons and now she's like, and now I come back and you've forgotten about my birthday. I guess I'm nothing anymore. So off she storms into the night. For a walk. For a walk. <laughs> 
And I thought the trailer park was far away from this town, but it's not. No, everything is within walking distance. But first, Sandy stands in the hallway and stares at the wall and mopes. Because he's sad. And Kristen's like, hey, buddy, why are you staring at the wall? So he didn't get the hospital. And and Kristen's like, Sandy, I've never seen you to be a man who takes things lying down. Maybe you should woo that man like you wooed me. Yeah, because he doesn't want to do the, you know, the Caleb thing, Caleb wooing, but he could woo him like Sandy would woo him, which is terrible date. Perfect. (laughs) But he really what he means is he's going to show him the area and make him understand like, hey, this is the area. These are the people. Because apparently the La Brea one's in a very, like... Is it going to be a gated hospital, effectively? That is what it sounds like. Yeah. Which is a very bad choice. Sucks so much for this. I mean, here's the thing, for even with the hospital board, like, I understand they might, they might must all be money-grubbing hospital people, is the idea here. But, like, I guess they, they don't have internet culture. They don't know that if they build a gated <laughs> hospital, I, they're going to get canceled. I more of mean that, like... The, don't you want to put it in a, if you want to make money as a hospital in you know in the American system, you kind of want to put it in a place where people are more likely to get injured, like by a pier where people keep getting punched in the face. Also, you want to put some put it somewhere where maybe people who don't have insurance will go because then they'll pay you yeah. and all them rich people. We it, it's, anyway. It, well, I mean, it sort of sounds like. So here's the here's the thing. Rich people don't tend to have as many hospital-based things until they get very, very old. That's but this true. hospital doesn't sound like it is a like. I mean, Neil already works at a hospital where he does plastic surgery. Yeah, or a place where he does plastic surgery. This seems like this is supposed to be like a hospital. A hospital, hospital, hospital which you would want. You would you want to put it in a place where you get a lot of patients, not all those people in good health getting can, all them elective surgeries. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. You know who else smoking? Caitlin, she's smoking some pop and mope. Pot and moping. <laughs> she's smoking some pop and mope. She's having an old pot and mope. You know, that classic... Remember back when you were young, Pepperidge Farms, remember? It's when you used to go down, down to the pier. Down to the pier where you would smoke some pot and just be sad. You'd have them sad joints. That old pop and mope. Well, now we have pop and, pot and mope flavored popcorn. <laughs> That's right, it's popcorn that smells, that tastes like sadness and marijuana. We're Pepperidge Farm. We usually make cookies, but we're embracing the stoner culture. I'm pretty sure they make popcorn. It's 2019. Pepperidge Farm's popcorn? Pot is legal. (laughs) (laughs) It it is funny that now pot is legal in uh, California. Anyway. Anyway, uh, so she's smoking pot, and Seth, because this is the way this works, just sort of runs into her. He's just walking and moping. This episode is this great thing of, like, I you I can't tell where they actually fall on the line of, like, pot use. Yeah, I'm not sure how, because Ryan is like, pot is chill, unless you're doing it alone and in yeah. secret. Yeah, la- later Ryan brings up that he's just like, you're doing, you're doing it alone and hiding it. That's the problem. Also before a big meeting. So I think the OC thinks pot is cool if you do it for fun reasons. But it's it seems like the network couldn't give them a pro-pot storyline. So they even, hit it. Because even when Seth, Seth declines, like he's, he's not like, no, man, drugs are bad. No, Seth he's, is like, I don't like pot because my dad did it. And, so it's a bad rebellion. Yeah, because his dad is cool surfer dude. He's like, no, I can't do that, man. I'm going to be straight edge. That's how I rebel. Yeah. 
but so she, so well he declines. She's like, well, the offer still stands. Uh, but she's also sad, as we mentioned. And she clarifies to us that it's really hard to be Marissa Cooper's younger sister, which I fully believe. I mean, once again, seeing this show essentially hold itself to task. In the first season, Caitlin literally is just Marissa's younger sister who keeps on getting forgotten in storylines. Like, remember at the, um, was that Caleb's... Uh, big thing on the boat where I where I remember I think someone Ryan and someone storms off and Kaylin just goes, the winner is Kirsten. <laughs> like, it would be hard to be Caitlin. And I mean, all she has is her boy fight club, and that must be really hard at a private school where none of those boys want to fight. They're all fancy boys. Their faces are too pretty; they can't get punched in them. Yeah, they like slap fight, but that's not as fun. She wants blood. So now she's trying to find herself again, and she tells Seth that her birthday was the one day that she knew people would pay attention to her. Yeah. So and that's, her mom forgot. That's why it's the most. Yeah. The most chilling. Well, the next day, uh... Marissa's reading an In Style with Sarah Jessica Parker on the cover. Yeah, very 2000s. And Caitlin's phone rings. And and Marissa picks it up because she, well, she she tries to get Caitlin attention. attention. She can't get her. She looks at it and I guess she recognizes the number is the idea. Yes. Yeah, because this is before call display. It yeah. costs more. Uh, but she, she, go, she goes... Huh? When she's, and there's no way she's just confused by a phone. Like, <laughs> a phone? But she knows it's Johnny. So she picks up and she's like, Johnny? And Johnny's like, oh, yes, Marissa. I was trying to call you on Caitlin's phone. Because your phone did not ring when I called your phone. Hello, Marissa. We have not hung out in so long. <laughs> so please, I called you. Please hang out with me. Oh, do you want to hang out tonight? No, <laughs> not tonight. And then uh, Caitlin walks in from her shower. Yeah. And Marissa goes, oh, it's Johnny. It's for me. And so my, my, so Caitlin does seem a little upset. You're like, oh, yeah, because, you know. She assumes that Marissa's just assuming that the phone's for Which, her. Because it's such a bad lie. <laughs> so I like the, the I for Caitlin's thought process is, you bought the lie that he called you on my phone. Yeah, Marissa, that's exactly what happened. Why yeah. would anyone want to ever talk to me? Why would a boy want to talk to me, Marissa? I'm just a little kid. <laughs> so uh, Johnny declines to hang out and then is like, I'll call you later. My mother, she is calling me. <laughs> Marissa sees nothing wrong with any of this. But instead she says, you know, invite Caitlin. I'd be like, hey, me and Ron are going to the bait shop. So why don't you come along, Caitlin? And Caitlin's like, I hate you. <laughs> I've got someone else I'm going to hang out with. And then immediately calls Johnny and says, hey, let's go to the bait shop. Caitlin? It's, it's, she, she has seen that pot and she just wants to stir it up. Just stir that pot. Because you are 15, Caitlin, I forgive you. <laughs> yeah, what, once again, uh, everything within context. <laughs> but that is a dumb plan. <laughs> All right. Uh, Julie has to go over to Neil's place and unfortunately has to postpone again because she forgot her daughter's birthday. And Neil's like, I am the greatest dad who has ever existed for some reason. So uh, I'll solve your problem. And get a date. <laughs> Throw Caitlin's party at my house and hang out with me. They already were going to go to a terrible burger place. I love that even their first date is just going to be at one of at like their <laughs> child's, kids, birthday, child's party. birthday party. Oh, that's great. And he gives her a key and that is like... Such a dramatic moment for Julie. She's like, I got a key. I got a key to his place. But Neil legitimately, like, probably gives keys to anyone who crosses his path. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you he seems key- very trusting. You want a key to my place? You want a key to my place? Uh, who knows? Uh, so back at the uh, at the the pool house, Ryan is prepping Summer and Seth for Brown. And he asks Summer who has inspired her the most, and she immediately responds with the fashion designer. Prada. And Seth's like, no! No, they wanted to hear something like Shakespeare or thing like that. And Summer brings up my favorite thing about her, um, which is that she she's not treating this like an interview. She's kind of treating it like a test, also for Brown. Yeah. Because she's like, I'm going to be honest with them. And if they don't want me for my honesty... Like, then for, if she, they don't want me for me, I shouldn't go there. Seth, I can't have the wrong future. I need to find a place where I fit in as me. So if you want to lie, you want to lie, but I'm going to be Summer. And, and you know, that's actually... The great. best point. That, that's that's really great, and it's unfortunate that a lot of the the culture around like a lot of things is no, no, no. You go in there and you lie because you need that thing, and you show them what they want. You show them exactly what they want, and never let never actually be your own thing because if you do, you'll mess up your future. And then Summer says something very smart about Prada, and she bounces off. Yep, uh, Seth. Has is obviously in his own thing, uh, and he gets asked the question, "Where would you like to be in ten years?" And we see the beginning of the deepest Seth spiral that with, has ever occurred, and it will continue on for this entire episode. So the bottom of the Seth spiral, or the top, his spirals are confusing. Yeah, but essentially, he has never been happy in his life. Yeah, and he is finally happy, and now he doesn't know what to do with that fact because if anything changes he might not be happy and could he ever be happier than he is in this moment yeah and aren't you supposed to hold up seth yeah why why should i change anything if if everything seems good now oh seth oh seth well let's uh head off and see what sandy's uh doing sandy and matt have some fun banter about how they're both working on saturdays yeah sandy and matt are very similar people (laughs) and they're both like hey i just got to work on saturday you're working on a saturday Hmm, very good, Matt. And then Sandy's like, hey, Matt, call Bill. We're going to do a thing. And Matt's like, yes, whining and dining. (laughs) I know, an awesome strip club. And Sandy's like, no, Matt, we're going to do a walking tour of the neighborhood where I'm going to prove to this man that we are the construction company with heart. Yep, we're going to go to a burrito stand. He's going to get a Sandy pitch. And Matt's like, this is the worst idea ever. (laughs) But I love you, Sandy, so, okay. I gave up everything for you after meeting you for five minutes. I love you so much. God, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he does that thing, he does, like, the the Spartan, like, not the Spartan, that thing where they grab the side of each other's heads and put their heads together. (laughs) I was imagining he does the face-off thing where he just runs his hand down (laughs) Sandy's face. I'll take your face. I love oh. you. <laughs> Man, that would be a hard twist for the end of this season if Matt's like, and now I have his face. And now he becomes Sandy. <laughs> and you become mad. <laughs> Alright, uh, Ryan and Marissa are off at the bait shop. There's some music playing. We don't really know who it is. It's not think. a famous band. This is not the party of the episode. Yeah. But they're just, like, connecting, being like, Oh, sibling stuff is hard, huh? And then arrives Caitlin and Johnny, as just as Caitlin has predicted. Caitlin might be the best. I don't mean Willa Holland. I mean Caitlin yeah. might be the best actor on the show because she's walking down the stairs and she looks over at Marissa 
and looks shocked. What? I, I think... I and think, not fake shocked. Like, she looks legitimately shocked. Do you want to know what I think that is? I think she's shocked it happened so fast. Like, <laughs> she literally... Well, this they is literally a, walk in this, the door. This is a busy... Like, the bait, the bait shop is hopping that night. She walks in, looks... He's like, all right, now we have to go in. We have to, see, we have to get in a position where Marissa can see us. So maybe you got the bar. I don't want to be at a table in the corner because she might not even notice I'm there. I'll have to figure this out. Oh, wait, she's right there looking at me in the eyes. My plan worked better than I ever imagined. Oh, oh, I forgot this is a TV show. <laughs> I forgot I'm back on a TV show. I've just been away for so long. So Marissa claims to not be freaking out, but is definitely freaking out. And then she tries to be like, I just, I don't like being lied to. Which, Marissa, no one actually lied to you. They just didn't tell you because they knew this would happen. <laughs> because you weren't going to take it well. Because you never take any changes well. So, I mean, I love... Uh, no, I don't love Marissa. <laughs> it, she's getting she's getting on a thing. But Marissa is responding the way that Marissa responds to literally any news ever. What? How? Why did you tell me earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... I like to imagine that if Marissa... Like, if somebody ever, like, came into Marissa and was like, Hey, Marissa, guess what? You got into college. She's like, what? Why didn't you tell me earlier? I needed to prepare for this. I just found out now, Marissa. Marissa, this is your acceptance letter in my hand. If she just looks like we'll go to Olive Garden and be like, Unlimited breadsticks? I can't handle this right now. Soup and salad? Too much. Oh, no, too much. <laughs> Meanwhile, Caitlin and Johnny are in his truck, so at least we know how someone's getting around town. Yeah. Well, I mean, John, John, Johnny's got his... Poor Jeep truck, I guess. That's the idea. But he has a vehicle at all, which is impressive. Yeah. And uh, Caitlin is very excited that Marissa was so jealous because all Caitlin wants is attention. Yep. And But Johnny is clearly perturbed by this whole situation and gives her really the worst talk for Johnny. Like, Johnny should see what is happening here because he's just like, maybe we should just be friends. Johnny, do you remember when Marissa did that? Four episodes ago. You know how this works, like, Johnny. You remember how well that worked out for you, Johnny. But Johnny gives a look where he's like, yeah, that problem is solved. <laughs> Man, Johnny is such a sad sack in this episode. He's just always walking around looking like shocked and sad at the world. Johnny is shockingly unable to like see himself and other people. Which, I mean, that's usually a real thing people go, people go through. I, that's the thing it, with it, this show. It's it, like like his his specific that one thing something you don't normally see in characters in TV, but it's a very real thing for people is to not be able to see yourself in other people. That's the thing with the OC. Like many of the characters are very aggravating. Yeah. Because a lot of them are really real. Yeah. And you forget how irrational teenagers are. Well, it's 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 why, I mean, and obviously we brought it more as a, more of a, as a joke there, but it's like whenever anyone brings up, uh, like, well, this just seems hypocritical to the character. I'm like, well, humans are hypocritical to the character a lot. It's true. That's why I never fully like, because we talked about it a few times, I think I've mentioned this before, the concept of it does not seem like a thing that character would do. And you can't tell the creator that their character is out of character. Yeah. It's the creator's character. Yeah, there, and there's there's a few very rare times where that where you, where it, where it does seem like this is out of character, but only when you look at things as a whole, mm -hmm. and you can be like, this clearly, that's why we have the CW moment, this clearly seems like a moment to drive a plot forward rather than a character thing. This is real shoehorned in. But on the other hand, yeah, if a character does something, it's not it's up to you, kind of as the audience, to be like, how does this fit into the character? 
Speaking of characters doing things totally in character, Seth is hiding in the bushes <laughs> next to the trailer. What? I don't know what Seth's entire plan was here. I don't I don't know if he, like, I guess he, he, he probably knew Ryan and Marissa were going off to. So he walked there and he was going to talk to Caitlin, but then he saw Johnny in the truck and was like, bushes time. Oh no, there's a boy here. <laughs> he knows Johnny. Time to slink away. Anyway, he pops out of those bushes. <laughs> and Julie's got to be in the trailer. But uh, he's like, Caitlin, you're right. I do need to become my dad. I need to smoke some pot. And Caitlin gives a very weird foreboding, like, I knew you would come. <laughs> so, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. In this last week, what made you happy? What made me happy this week? Um, last night, I went to the Cat Awards, which yeah. is the Calgary... It's a bad acronym. Calgary, Alberta Theater. No. Uh. <laughs> it's the Community Theater Association Awards. It's... Yeah. It... Doesn't spell cash. Shouldn't it be Community Association Theater Awards? <laughs> I think cat is actually not an acronym. Okay, just called cat. Yeah. All right, that's fair. But, uh... I mean, state's no longer an acronym, it's just sate. Even though it is definitely an acronym. Yeah, because there's Satan Nate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Southern Alberta Technical Institute. Institute of Technology. Yep. <laughs> well, if anything, we from the Cat Awards. That other one works as well. <laughs> uh, so I went because my friend Megan was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Play. Ooh. And we decided kind of last minute. We were like, okay, we should go. Like, she's not going to win because Sandy Lucas is nominated. And Sandy Lucas is like 70 and an amazing... <laughs> sweet grandma so yeah so uh megan and i are part of a very well-filled crowd which is people club which is people who have lost sandy lucas (laughs) that's fun always though but we realized at 2 p.m yesterday there was a theme for the event yeah and the theme was all the world's a stage there's always a theme for the event i don't know The, the, the one year i went there it was like also, all the world's a stage. Is that what it was? You were a technician. I did wear, yeah. I, wore, I just put, I just wore a suit and put on a belt. And I was Chicago. Like a, yeah. <laughs> I guess I just go in, a, go in a cycle. Anyway, so I was like, well, I just want to wear a nice dress. So I dressed up as Hester Prim from the Scarlet Letter. All right. And I like Disney bounded it, so I just wore my nice black dress, very sexy. Yeah. And I made a red A yep. out of felt and pinned it to my dress. There you go. That Costume works. complete. Done. <laughs> people loved it. Yeah. Although a lot of people were like, I don't get it. And I was like, the A. It's a red A. Come on. Come and on. Like, I don't. And I was like, the scarlet letter. <laughs> and they were like, oh. Come on. Get oh, your- <laughs> like easy A with Emma Stone. And I was like, come on. Get your classical literature. <laughs> Uh-huh. They reference it in the movie. That's the reason. That's the reason she does it. They mention it in the film. You <laughs> Also, Theater Calgary did The Scarlet Letter this year. <laughs> uh, it's not like this was a far-off reference. Yeah, this wasn't a deep cut. No. It was the least deep cut. A very sh- it was a scratch. That's what that was. Anyway, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, what made you happy this week? Well, I've been working very hard on an edit, as you know. I showed yes. you a little... little that did that beforehand and that has been tedious because <laughs> of a lot of stuff i've already explained to you aaron uh but it's also but also what i like whenever i do edits like this is when i get to 
learn a new thing and implement it in the editing. So there's been a lot of stuff that with this edit that like I've seen in other videos I just want to learn how to do. So I talk, so I looked at videos, I figured them out, I uh, played around with the file as much as I could because mm. <laughs> we also have a time <laughs> limit. Uh, and, you know, figured out how to do these things. And that's always fun and exciting to see, you know, a new skill put in. Yeah, expanding your horizons is fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Horizons, future, expanding. Seth sits in his room and he contemplates his pot. He's wondering if he should stir this pot. And then his dad comes in. Do you, do you think they were aware of that pun when they made the title? Oh, very much so. Excellent. Yes. So anyway, yeah, Seth is staring at some pot and his dad is coming by. And his dad's like, hey, you ready for your interview this afternoon? Dude, you need to relax. Can we clarify that in this world, pot, the smell of pot does sort of seem like it is a very transitory thing because Marissa, who literally walks up behind Caitlin smoking pot at that very moment and she ashes it out and she and she just puts like the roach in her jacket, could not detect it at all. She's distracted by the smell of the sea. Pirate King Johnny has really whipped up a salty brine. And I guess... <laughs> All right. Um, I, I guess. It. Yep. I guess. Um, <laughs> the sex thing. Uh, so, uh, and I guess Seth's like the baggie that he's keeping it in must be real smell proof. Well, it's hard to smell pot before it's put on fire. I guess. In my experience. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I, I'm bad at pot, but I, I, I've been very close to a lot of people who smoke pot, and I, f- I feel like it's one of the very detectable things. But doesn't it only get detectable once you? burn it? I mean, it depends. If it's just hanging around for a while, you can def- the smell can definitely inf- like infect it. It's much, much like an incense, like an incense mm. before you burn it, mm-hmm. incense would. So yeah, I don't, I'm not much upset about Sandy not detecting as soon as he comes in the room. Like, Because that would also be insane if he walked in and went, like a bloodhound. <laughs> well, you know what? Sandy might be immune to the smell of pot in a baggie. He smelled it so many times, it's just like a part of life. <laughs> he just thinks he's having a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, anyway, he tells Seth to relax, and Seth decides... It's pot time. So he's got to smoke some pot in his room. And oh, buddy, come on. He's going to do all the things, like putting a towel against the door and opening the window. Oh, yeah, he definitely uh, asked Jeeves, how do I smoke pot in my room without getting found out? And Jeeves told him some things. Well, no, the answer is you don't, but I guess here's what you could try to do. But, like, if you live with the police commissioner, he will know. Yeah. Like, what is it? It's, I think I remember telling a friend, the thing is, things that went, all the stuff that you do in that helps, but nothing, tro- except because he has his window open, like. It's going down to the pool everyone, house. <laughs> everyone's going to smell it in the house. They just pretend that they don't. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> so, hey, it's Caitlin's birthday morning. And both of her moms wish her a happy birthday. No, Marissa is not Caitlyn's mom. Marissa is trying to be Caitlyn's mom. Marissa is helicopter. It's just a helicopter at this point. Not There's no mom. I do not believe you can put a mom modifier on this. Marissa is a helicopter slowly spinning towards the ground. But she informs Caitlyn, you know, I don't care that you hang out with Johnny, but he's a pirate king and is hundreds <laughs> of years older than you are. Yeah, he's a ghost of a pirate that died in the 1700s. Caitlin, I have the issues that people should have with Twilight. Those issues that they should have and don't have, I have these issues with you and Johnny. Caitlin, you're a 15-year-old girl from a well-to-do family. He's the ghost of a pirate. <laughs> that has infected the body of a surfer who had to get knee surgery. The surgery went wrong, Caitlin. <laughs> the surgery went very wrong. The pirate king is in him and I just don't want to see you get hurt. 
But well, she's worried about this, Julie has no idea what's going on, but she's so excited. She went off for a run. She got some honks, which she, which she calls a positive. She is full of endorphins. And Caitlin is pretty mad about her party, but Julie informs Caitlin she can invite anyone she wants. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin is like, can I invite someone? Rissa's like, no, if you invite him in, he'll never leave. <laughs> and Julie's like, you know he can, only, he can only enter land once every ten years. You want him to spend it at your birthday? Come on, it's a waste of his time. <laughs> but Julie says yes. And Caitlin is too young to know. And Julie also offers to invite the entire... Um, Equestrian club. Which Caitlin... Doesn't care about. <laughs> doesn't care about. And doesn't also say no, so I guess we're getting some extras for this party coming up. Well, otherwise the party would look sad. <laughs> All right, yeah. So... Right, well, Caitlin goes immediately from this to, I guess, stir some more pots, or at least try to. Unfortunately, the pot that she tries to stir is Ryan's pot. She's like, hey, Ryan, I'm just trying to figure out, man. Should I invite Johnny? Because, you know, Marissa seems so upset about it, and hey, here's this photo of you and Marissa, and you guys seem like the perfect couple, but so did Marissa and Luke. And Ryan's like, Caitlin. What are you doing, girl? I'm a grown man. <laughs> I can see what you're doing here. You and you need to do, talk to your sister. I've been telling everyone this episode, talk to their siblings. Everyone talk to someone you're related to. And Caitlin's like, I, I can't. And Caitlin's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Ryan. And he's like, talk to your sister. I'm going to go talk to my adopted brother. I swear to God, I, I got to go save Bruce Wayne from a killer or something. I don't know. Caitlin, I don't have time I'm for this. I'm not that far into Gotham. I don't know who I am yet. I'm still transitioning from the OC to police, Ryan. Oh, it's, oh, it's so confusing. I heard there's a pirate ghost somewhere, and I think I have to fight him. Caitlin, my life is hard. Where's, I, the, where's the penguin? I don't have time for you. And Caitlin wanders off in that conversation, very puzzled. <laughs> uh, we, get, we get this quick thing where Kirsten and Julie talk about Neil and how Julie really likes this house and... I have a question. Yeah. Kristen can cook now? Yeah, that's, that's been set up for this entire thing. She cooked all the food for all of their, when they did the party stuff. Well, I I know, but yeah. when she first started cooking, they still said everything was bad. Then she got better. That's how, like, skills work. Well, do you think it was ever bad, or do you think they no, just I think only was, wanted takeout? No, 100% it was bad, but then she stopped drinking, and so oh. she had to focus something else on her time, so she learned how to cook. But I thought when she learned how to cook, it was still bad, because they were so happy when they got to get Thai food again. I mean, yes, it was bad, and then she kept cooking and got better. I'm just saying the show did not clearly tell us that Kirsten is good at no, cooking. Because, no, remember, she cooked food for um, that creepy date. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, yes. It, it has implied to us that her food has gotten better, and I think this is the moment where it's supposed to clarify her food is good now. I guess it just kind of weirded me out, because it was paralleled with the earlier scene when Julie was like, we're having Thai food, dinner a la Cohen's. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird to be like... <laughs> Kristen can't cook, but actually... Yeah, but I mean, they also always have Thai food. They do. Uh, well, hey, you know who's not having Thai food or burritos, but they are having churros from a burrito stand? It's Sandy, Sandy and Bill. Bill. However, Sandy uh, can tell that Bill is not... L he liked the walking tour, yeah. not loving it. And then Matt just like apparates in. I guess he's been following them. He doesn't get a churro. He's like, hey, Sandy, is it working? Well, Sandy decides that he need that this this hospital is good for the community. So he's willing to take a hit to his pride and woo Bill. He's going to woo that bald man. 
because the walking tour worked on his heart. His heart, which was already three sizes too large, grew three more sizes. <laughs> and now it's pressing on, pressing on his other internal organs. And so he needs Matt to do a wine and dine. All right. Uh, Marissa seems to be, like, weirdly spiteful about having to help set up this party. Doesn't it seem? Yeah. Because when Julie asked her to help set up, Marissa was all eye but oh. Marissa was trying to plan a party earlier in the episode. And now Caitlin's swimming. is like, so nice you're setting up. And Marissa's like, yeah, it's nice. I, I guess you're having fun. I'm setting up your party. Like, yes, what? Marissa. It's Caitlin's birthday. What? Now, this this further clarifies that I think that, like, she probably was a very bad... Older sister? Well, uh, yes. But also, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, party commissioner, because because remember she doesn't want to set up any party. She only wants to plan them. Let other people do all the work. Uh, yeah, that's what you do when you're the party commissioner. Yeah, but like it just seems like her absolute hatred to have having to like do any sort of actual setup is being the boss is the best. Anyway, this is going on. Neil shows. Well, she up. should be a leader, not a boss. <laughs> Neil shows up. Johnny shows up. He brings a gift. She she hugs him well wet, which I just want to say right now. If you do that to, to me, I hate that. That's the worst thing you could do to me. Well, I think Johnny also hates it because for the entire rest of this episode, he seems filled with the sorrow of a thousand years at sea. Well, he has realized the situation he is in. that Specifically the situation that he is trapped in this body of a boy, despite being a hundred-year-old pirate. And he can never return to his true mistress, the ocean. He's so sad. Caitlin, you don't understand. I, I do care for you deeply. However, my true love is the sea. And of course, the sirens within the sea and the whales that I kill. <laughs> so he's Captain Ahab now? I am many things all at once. I follow this compass to my heart's desire. Oh, Pirate King, you're all the pirates, I see. <laughs> I am an amalgamation of any pirate that is funniest at this very moment. So, uh, back at, uh, the Cohen house, Seth does some pot, Ryan tries to come into his room, Seth is Seth, and Ryan immediately catches on of what's going on. <laughs> he he does some, like, Detective Gordoning around as he's sniffing things, like, it's, man, so, someone had to have just watched season three of the OC, and they're like, that's Gordon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that boy's gonna play a cop. That boy's gonna be a cop one day. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's here's the thing about Seth. Seth not high seems high. Seth high is non-functional. In, yeah, a non-functional human being. So Ryan came to Seth's room because it is three thirty, and Seth's interview is at four. So he has to call Summer and say, hey, "Can you kind of stretch out this interview?" Because I'm trying to. He doesn't say what's going on with Seth, but he needs to sober up Seth. And Ryan's like, "Hey, buddy." made you a coffee and Seth's like I'm cool I'm not high and Ryan's like you are in my shower yeah, I which thought, I thought Ryan put Seth in the shower but I love this prospect that, that somewhere as Ryan wandered off to call summer Seth just wandered into the pool house and started taking a shower I'm assuming fully clothed no no Ryan does a like a weird look when the door opens Seth is completely naked and opened the door <laughs> to Ryan just from the look that Ryan gives so, so finally he gets him to the school and uh, like he's trying to be like, hey, I don't care that you're smoking pot, but you're like hiding it and doing it alone, which is 
bad. That's the same thing with drinking alcohol. Like, yeah. you can drink alcohol, but when you're hiding it and doing it alone, that's the problem. That's the side of a problem. Um, Seth immediately flips on Caitlin and reveals that Caitlin gave him the pot, and yeah. Ryan's like, Great, I'm gonna have to deal with that as well. I also like that Ryan. Well, he he well he does not smoke pot in the OC. Um, he does know where the narcs are. <laughs> He's like, don't tell me didn't buy it from the beach. Half of those people are narcs. So Ryan, not not partaking himself, knows where all the police are, anyways. Because Ryan is a police. Yeah, you can add, yeah, and you can detect. You can detect, detect their own half. Well, here's the thing: half of them are police, and the other half are ghosts of pirates. <laughs> It's true. Both of which narcs. <laughs> yeah, you want to buy some pot? I promise I won't arrest you for sea crimes and put you in the brig. Oh, I thought if you took the Pirate King's pot, then you would become a pirate servant for a hundred years. Well, that as well, by putting you in the brig. Pirate servant. You will become a crab man. That makes sense. <laughs> because now it's Pirates of the Caribbean Legend of the Second One. Dead Man's Chest. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there so summer has has pulled off this like stretching on the interview an for an hour, hour and a half. An hour and a half. Uh and they're like, "All right, Seth, now now you get on in there." Seth does tell Ryan that he like he's he's sort of he his thing he says like he's worried that leaving that like, you know, everything good happened here because, you know, Ryan came in all those things. Mm-hmm. If you leave somehow that will change or Rod's like, "No, Seth, you did all that stuff." Yeah. Remember when you stood on the coffee card and made Summer love you? So Ryan and Summer head off, and Seth does heads in for his interview. And then does not then go to the right interview. turns right around and does not go to the interview. Seth. Why oh, did man. these smart boys always what, self-destruct? What a, what a deep, deep spiral he has found himself in. Also, I feel like Ryan should have known. <laughs> and just like, I kind of thought he was going to turn, leave, and then Ryan was going to push him back. But no. No, that's not where they're no. going. All right, now, back at uh, the Roberts household, there's a bunch of kids. And uh, Johnny and Caitlin are sitting on a pool lounger and look like they're having absolutely zero fun. <laughs> Caitlin is trying very hard to make it seem like they're having fun, but Johnny's like, you hugged me while you were wet. You want, you clearly have some sort of feelings toward me. Marissa's right over there, and my booty is missing. <laughs> Caitlin, all I want to do is search for my missing treasure. Yeah, there'd be booty somewhere on the beach. How can this entire stretch of land be all beaches and lifeguard stands for sad kids to go cry on without there being treasure on any one of them? Summer and Ryan <laughs> arrive. Neil av- immediately calls his daughter over because he's a good dad now and he wants to know how her interview went. I do want to I do take a moment just to, to mention that Neil and Julie on their date with like their like hamburger with one slice of <laughs> lettuce on it. <laughs> it's a very it's very cute. It is very cute. Uh, but as as those two arrive, Caitlin does the walk off with Johnny, and of course Johnny's not going to say no. Johnny cannot say no. It's part of his curse. So, first, Ryan tells Marissa, well, I gotta tell you something. <laughs> Immediately snitches on Caitlin. But we do a smash cut to when Caitlin takes Johnny to Summer's room and then sexually harasses him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, she does this thing where she's essentially, like, trying to, it's like she's trying to gaslight Johnny into him thinking that he's seducing her. Because he's like, like I, I gotta go. I mean, the door is, like, unlocked. You wanna lock the door? Like- what? <laughs> Again, I forgive her because she's 15. Because she's 15. 
but she is aggressively sexually harassing this pirate ghost. Yeah. (laughs) You don't understand. I cannot be with ye. I must return to the ocean for the whales they call to me. Well, something disastrous happens. Because she forces herself to kiss him. (laughs) And it's very clearly a bad kiss. Like, Johnny gives no pucker. No, he doesn't even move his head. She said she kisses a statue. But she doesn't seem to think it's a bad kiss. Caitlin, you can't sexually harass boys. You can't force them to kiss you. (laughs) It's not right. No, Caitlin definitely has a plan here, and I guess it's going well for her. Despite everyone's best efforts, Caitlin is succeeding in whatever (laughs) it is she's doing. Everyone, including herself and Johnny, somehow she's still succeeding. (laughs) Well, you know, they... They come downstairs, and Ryan and Marissa are looking for them. Uh, Seth arrives, and he lies about his interview. And uh, it's just generally all bad timing. Yeah, Caitlin, I mean, no, for Caitlin, it's perfect timing. Because she goes down and it's like, oh, we were, just up, we were just upstairs. Johnny was giving me, me my, his present. And then they walk mm. off. <laughs> so sidebar to another awful scene. Matt has martinis and strippers in his apartment for Bill. <laughs> yeah, Matt has a nice apartment. Matt has a really nice apartment. I think what Sandy said is that it says, I feel much better about turning your apartment, like doing this in private effectively so no one else can see me. Yeah, no one knows what I'm doing. <laughs> but, I, but I guess he got some of the strippers from Matt's friend's club. I think Matt's friend's actually there. Yeah, she, the nice stripper yeah, is the, there. The one who gets lines. Yes. Yeah. Because they've I'm already sure, paid her, I'm so. sure they're all nice strippers. But she's, like, that's her defining characteristic. Yeah, that is capital N, capital S. <laughs> Trademark C. And so Sandy, being uncomfortable with the situation, is like, so Bill, we talk hospital more? Yeah. And Bill's like, Sandy, I don't actually know the difference between either of the proposals, <laughs> but I feel like you're taking care of me, so, so I take care of you. That's just what business is. And then he says, Caleb would be proud. And that is the moment Sandy crumples in upon himself. He literally turns to stone and that stone crumbles. Yeah, yeah. He, this, that's the last thing he wanted to hear. The last thing he wanted to happen. And the, do you know what I'll say? The show's been really good at making it organic as well. Yeah. Oh, poor Sandy. Yeah, because as Sandy said before, he's taking this hit because he knows it's better for the... Mm-hmm. For, you know, for the community. But how many hits do you take until... You turn it, to until, stone and crumble. Until that's just who you are. What? It, he, it reminds me a lot of Kelso from Scrubs, who probably is, like, the greatest character of Scrubs for, like, the few episodes he has where they're, where like, you know, where it reveals essentially he's being... He, he he's is being the, the bad guy because they need him to they, be the bad guy. Because they need the bad guy. Like, oh, I can't remember this. I one episode about how every time he steps out of the hospital... Um, I think it's the one. It's the one where it's his story. You get his point yeah. of view. Um, where every time he steps out of the hospital, as soon as his foot hits the ground, like he's fine, and he whistle goes off whistling. And at the <laughs> end of the episode, you know, he steps off the hospital, and like he doesn't start whistling. But then as he, as he looks, he sees uh like JD and all of them coming. So then he puts on the air of like, oh, I'm fine. Nothing in this hospital faces me. Yeah, it's great. It's it reminds me a lot of that, and that's a great character thing. Well, and. The saddest thing, too, is if Sandy was willing to play the game a little bit earlier, maybe he wouldn't have needed to get here. Yeah, but... Mm. Uh, we don't know. All right, uh, so back at Caitlin's party, Caitlin... And Johnny are leaving. <laughs> Once again, because Johnny 
cannot say no, and he's driving her home, I guess. It is his curse. But Marissa runs on in there. She dismisses Johnny so she can talk to her sister alone. Because now is the time to talk to Caitlin. And Caitlin's like, no, you love Johnny. You would not act this way if you did not love Johnny, Marissa. Marissa's like, this is not about me. This is about you. And Caitlin's like, no, it's never about me, Marissa. That's the problem. (laughs) It's always about you. You're... (laughs) You, you, you're Veronica Lodge. It's like you're somehow the main character of a TV show, and I've been recast halfway through. <laughs> and now all I can do is my is is regret that I can't have my boy Fight Club anymore and date an ancient pirate king. Marissa, only Shaylin Woodley gets to have a boy Fight Club. I, Willa Holland, keep trying to have one, and people just say no. They say no. You're going to be Arrow's sister. We have to keep you pure. <laughs> What does that mean, Marissa? What's an arrow? <laughs> she she does also, because this is the way that Caitlin is, say that her and Johnny made out. She's 15. <laughs> she's 15. She, yeah, this, she's 15. So uh, she runs off into the night with that pirate king. And the only thing I can think of is, like, like it's just that, once again, it's just going so well for Caitlin. <laughs> like, plan-wise, <laughs> she's nailing this. I don't, I, I no longer know if she actually has any feelings for Johnny at all, or if she's entirely using him to bug Marissa, because she knows that Johnny loves Marissa, and Marissa, she only really cares that Marissa loves Johnny. Yeah, and Marissa does love Johnny. So Marissa goes back into the house to tell Julie Cooper that Caitlin has left, and Julie Cooper shows her true mum colors, where she brain- blames Marissa for being the worst daughter who has ever daughtered. Okay, I mean, she does not go that far, but she definitely does blame. She says, you had a fight with her on her birthday. And Neil, who is very, very aware, I think picked up that there were more complicated levels going on as he watches this exchange. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like, also... I mean, Julie has none of it. It's 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 weird. It's it's a weird thing to be like. I mean, Julie's really got her own stuff going on, and it's yeah. it, but she's also their mother. It's it's a whole lot. It's very complicated. Hey, good. And Neil looks at all of this and is like, you know, Julie, you kept telling me this was all very complicated, and I think it is. I think more than you realize. So, Julie, I don't know. I don't know, Julie. Unfortunately, they don't get to have a conversation beyond Neil going. I don't know. Yeah. Because his pager goes off and he has to go do doctoring. Yeah. I, I think I, I do like how they keep on saying it, but essentially, like, he's busy and she's got this going on. And maybe that's the reason why, like, the difficulties between them. Because I, I think he still likes her and I think he still does want, he still does want to spend time with her. But he's, yeah. he is realizing that when she says it's complicated, yeah. she's not lying. Yeah, it's very complicated. And he's got, and like, if she was uncomplicated and he was busy, then maybe they could make it work. And he... They, they can still make it yeah, work. Yeah, but, but he, he doesn't know. he yeah. And he doesn't have time to grapple with it because he has to go to the hospital. But but he does need her to leave her key. Which, yeah, she doesn't live there. <laughs> I think I think Julie th- kind of thought, like, now I have a key to his place. My future is starting today. Yeah. yeah. Right, uh, Seth goes to see Summer. Who is looking at the brown cal- course calendar. However, I'll mention this now. She has ripped out all of the boring parts. Like history and English. Yeah. And she is so excited about the brown course options. She's like, hey, how was your interview? How's it going? And Seth cannot bring himself to tell her the truth. So he lies there and says it went well. Man, that Seth spiral. (laughs) All right. 
we let's, let's head back for a final scene before the montage, and that is where Sandy is sitting in an His old office? old style office, which exists in the house that I think we've seen like once. We've definitely seen it before. And I think he met with Caleb in it. Yeah, and it has a bar. I did not. I saw. Well, no, we didn't see the bar in this, but isn't it the room that has the bar? No, the bar also has a pool table or something like that. (laughs) Anyway. This house could have more bedrooms and less nonsense rooms. Anyway, so he's sitting in like an old style office and Kirsten's like, oh, you know, you got the thing. I'm so thrilled. And you did it your way. And Sandy's stone heart continues to crumble inside his chest. Because he he doesn't tell her that he didn't do it his way. He says, yes. I did. There's a lot of lying going on, and it's it's good. It's good lying. People are lying for the right reasons because there were well, not for the right reasons for the good drama reasons, not the dumb drama reasons. <laughs> yeah, for logical character flaw reasons, not bizarre why reasons. As they all grapple with who they have become. No, I can't tell you. It would not be dramatically appropriate at this moment. And right. then the montage where everyone mopes. And it's just a lot of, like, crossfades between them. It's very slow. Ryan looks at a picture of him and Marissa. Marissa sits on the lifeguard stand. <laughs> she goes to a sad lifeguard stand and looks out of the sea of the ghost ships. Caitlin arrives at her home, but does not go in. Because <laughs> the trailer's locked. Because no one's home yet. <laughs> well, I don't know what her plan was. She, she. I think she assumed her family would be home by then. Why? She left before all of them and before the cake. Yeah, but look at how dark it is. Okay. I think she drove around for a while. I, I don't think she did. I think Kate, I think because I think Julie did go home pretty quickly. Anyway, um, Julie dro- Julie has dropped off the keys and packs up the house. Summer very happily reads the brown <laughs> course calendar. And this is what I mean by I feel where I can't feel like what can't figure out where this show lands on pot. And I feel like this is the network. Like the you know the the old dudes of the network are like, well, you gotta show them the the devil reefer pot because it shows uh, Seth smoking pot by his window and the smoke just going like, oh my god, pot's ruined his life. <laughs> I and mean, no, Seth ruined his life. No, Pot did not ruin his life. Seth ruined his own life by his stupid spiral that Pot definitely escalated, but... But you know what? I feel like even without Pot, he would not have gone into that room. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's the episode. Yeah, that's the end. Oh, boy. It was good, actually. It was it, a lot, but it was It was good. very slow at the beginning. I almost wrote down a note where I'm like, nothing's happening in this episode. It's just Caitlin being a pot stirrer. Yeah. But not good. Stir, it's Caitlin stirring some pots, Seth but, smoking some pots, and Johnny <laughs> becoming a pirate of the ocean. Johnny, we're so sorry. Captain Johnny of the ocean blue. We're so sad this fate has befallen you. Perhaps one day you'll find a way to break the curse. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So, this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic plunged under the waters of the briny deep and reemerged in its final form of drama? I did. And it was just a very small camera shot that I thought was setting something up <laughs> and absolutely was not. Yeah. So, when we come back to the Cohen house, um, where when Seth is smoking the pot in his room and Ryan comes to visit him... They had this really lingering shot of the open window and Seth's joints sitting 
directly on the windowsill. Yeah. And you couldn't see him because he was sitting on the floor. And I thought it was a shot of like a joint, like an open joint just sitting on wood. And I was like, the house is going to burn down. The house is going to burn down. (laughs) Ah, I thought that was going to be the escalation. It did not do that. It did the OC thing where it escalated in a logical way and not a dramatic way. But (laughs) They they don't burn down nearly as many houses in this series as they do in Riverdale. They've only burned down one. Yeah, and it was an accident. It's true. (laughs) No one has chaotic burned a house down yet. Yep. No one has decided this is the only natural conclusion of my emotions to burn this house down. This is the only way out. (laughs) Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did. And it's also a very small thing because, honestly, it's a good episode. Uh, But it's when... When after Caitlin and Johnny come down, and Caitlin does the there's a line, we were just upstairs, and Johnny was giving me his present. Ryan does this series of looks, which tracks a very clear thought process where he's like, "Sex? No, the time doesn't work out for that." What are they? What is she talking about? Like, <laughs> you can see it so clearly on his face as he's trying to figure out exactly what she means by present, because what it can't be and what it can be, because they were gone for that long. There's also another really awesome Ben McKenzie face acting moment in this episode, which is after Marissa and her mom fight. Marissa storms off. (laughs) Oh, and it's just Ryan, Julie, and Neil. (laughs) And Ryan, like, looks at both of them and, like, starts to be like, there are a lot of complicated factors. And then realizes he should not say that and just, like, points in a random direction and walks off. (laughs) It's great. He's like, I... I can't be in this scene anymore, but I'm not entirely sure how to leave. I can't be a dad today. I'm a detective today. <laughs> you can't be a detective, Dad. No. All right. Well, hey, that's the uh, that's the episode. It's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, the second half of this OC season is, like, really shaping up for some... Um, I'm... Uh, solid chaos. Man, I'm... <sighs> I'm really starting to get real down on Marissa. Like, it, she's so annoying. It's it's, it's infuriating to me that like, and it's, it, obviously it's the writers. It's not like this is a human being. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the the plot lines they give her are, are either super dark, serious, like, um, you know, I have this guy stalking me and he's trying to kill me and all these things, or her plot line that she comes up over and over is, I like too many boys. And I feel bad for Misha Barton because. She's probably a good... She's probably a good actor, but they give her insane things to do. Like, remember the one episode where she just screamed and shoved a <laughs> chair into a pool? Yeah. That's what they give her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She never gets to be funny. She gets no good joke lines. And, like, like and, and I can understand the idea of, you know, you know, oh, this person has feelings for, uh, for like, uh, you know, two people. What's she going to do about it? The problem I have is that's the crux of the beginning of the series. And she gets that storyline twice a season. Yeah, where it's like, I like too many boys. To the point where you're just like, Marissa. Just don't, don't, you, you, you know what? You, don't have friends who are boys. You seem like the worst person to date. Like, the fact that Ryan is putting up with her, like, but what if I love someone else over and over and over and over? Like, she... She's had the Bears interactions with Johnny. She met him through his girlfriend. And, like, when Ryan does get upset, which is not very often, Ryan is treated like a villain. (laughs) And, yeah, you just don't, you just got, Marissa's got to figure things out. You don't understand her. And, like, (sighs) the, 
the god the whole thing like i thought i i kind of thought that they weren't going to have like i i it seemed to me that you know marissa didn't have feelings for johnny the entire thing was going to be that johnny has feelings for her and she has to deal with the fact that she wants she sees him as a friend and she wants to keep her friend and she wants to take care of him because she's at that school and that's why we both genuinely thought after she went back to harbor yeah he was gonna be gone <laughs> but but They've set up now, and it seems clarified by the way they wrote her reactions, that she does love Johnny. And I'm just so tired. It's it's so bad for her character that her constant thing is that, that you know, some guy has been, has been modicumly nice to me. I must love him. Well, and, 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 it's, and every it's, guy falls in... Every man she meets yeah. falls in love with her. Yeah. Trey... Yep. Ryan. Yep. Luke. Yep. Bolivar Trask. Yep. Johnny. Yep. Probably Chili, let's be real. Yep, yeah. I mean, Ch- Chili makes jokes about it, but he clearly also does. Voychuk? Voychuk. The only real... <laughs> yeah. The so. only guy who doesn't love her is Seth. That's because he loves Summer first. Exactly. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's, Seth does not have room in his heart for two loves. Yeah, I, well, I, we already learned that already with him and Anna. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but I mean, here's it, it would be like if Seth they kept on bringing up, like if with the Taylor thing, if it was like Seth also being like, but do I love Taylor? There was never a does no. Seth love Taylor thing. He's always been like, no, God, no. And I never had a problem with the um, Summer and Seth and Zach storyline because Summer and Seth did break up. Yeah, and. Well, the, the, the problem like, with this whole thing with, with uh, as Caitlin brought up, that is how Ryan and Marissa got together. It's this exact same process. So it's hard to be like, oh, no, Zach is so... Yeah. Like, it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to root against it because that is the exact same thing we rooted for in season one. And just because Ryan is not as mean as Luke... Like, they had to make Luke the villain for that to work he out. He had to be the mean... And you notice, as soon as Ryan and Marissa got together, Luke was like... Here's my real colors. Kind of dumb. Douchey by accident. Yeah. Good heart. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, a real Reggie. So, man, they're... God, they're not doing great with Marissa. Not doing great. And Caitlyn does insane things, but she's 15. So I like Caitlyn more. I'm also... I, I think we've talked about this before. The 17 to 15 gap is not a gap. Not a gap. There, not a like gap. we both talked about, there were tons of guys in my grade twelve year yeah. who dated girls in grade ten. Yeah, it's 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 mm-hmm. not a gap. It's but though it's, I don't think it's actually ever portrayed as much of a gap. It's more of, a, of an excuse. Yes, it's always an excuse. Yeah, which is why we've made Johnny a pirate, <laughs> pirate. king <laughs> to make it make more sense. Yes, this is what we do to shows. Uh, well. Uh, Speaking of shows that we have done, we've done that show, so I guess we better wrap it up now. If you like this episode, just give us a rating or a few subscription on, you know, wherever you find us. You should also talk to us. You can talk to us on the social meds. Our combined one is Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, on Instagram, on Twitter. But you can also hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or a blog, all a flimsy plan. Yep. And you can catch me. I'm Astronman K. Weir, and you can uh, read my books. I have a cyberpunk fantasy uh, release called Endless Hunger, which you can get on Amazon or Kobo. It's released through uh, Edge Publishing, so you can pretty much find it anywhere. You can get hard copy books. Yep. Uh, plus, I am uh, self-publishing a, uh, what do you call it, a novella serial called All Gods Fall. One comes out at the on the last Friday of every month, which means the next one, part four... 
is on Friday. It's on this Friday. So it'll be coming out this Friday. That's four out of this, this season, which this season has five, which means this is the penultimate episode. You have so many little books to read. Yeah. So you can catch those on Amazon. Those are all on a Kindle. And if I'm going to give you a task for this week, please go on your local library's website and request that they stock Endless Hunger. Yeah, you can do that. That would be great. It's really cool. I've done it recently, and I love it. I am requesting so many books that they stock. <laughs> Weirdly enough, that is a better way. Like, like, you can only buy one co- I mean, you can buy multiple copies of a book. But really, that's if there's any author out there you want to support, those things tend to actually help them a lot more than... Against all than, odds. ...than even buying something for, because it helps other people find them as well. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be great. So, so we'll see you next week. Can Sandy keep his morals and find success? Will Marissa ever reconnect with her sister? Will Johnny the Pirate King finally return to the sea? Answers all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsides and Abs. A teen drama pirate cast. Yar!